Welcome to National Parks for Kids, the podcast made for kids and families wanting a little more information about the national parks. I'm Jamie. And I'm Brant. Together, we will be making a podcast for each of the national parks. Brant had this idea to make the podcast while exploring the national parks of Colorado to share information and some of our favorite things to do in each park. Come adventure with us. Come adventure with us. Hello and welcome. The park we're going to be learning about today is Grand Canyon. Brant, what's your favorite fact about the Grand Canyon? It's one of the seven wonders of the world. That's right. Before we dive into the Grand Canyon, I feel like the other natural wonders of the world deserve a shout out. Brant, do you know any of the other natural wonders of the world? The Northern Lights. That's right. Aurora Borealis, also known as the Northern Lights. The other natural wonders of the world are Mount Everest on the border of Nepal and Tibet, the Great Barrier Reef in Australia, Harbor of Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, Victoria Falls on the border of Zambia and Zimbabwe, and since Brant's in dual immersion Spanish program, his accent's pretty good, so I'm going to let him say the last one. Berigutem Volcano. Right, that's in Mexico. Brant, I'm curious, which natural wonder would you like to visit next? The Great Barrier Reef in Australia. Oh, that would be fun. I would love to visit the Great Barrier Reef. Okay, let's get back to the Grand Canyon. Do you know what state the Grand Canyon is located in? In Arizona, we used to live there. We did. And you know what's funny? We never visited the Grand Canyon when we lived in Arizona. You were so little, I was worried you'd run off the canyon edge. But that's where I had my birthday. Oh, it was actually my birthday, but it was a good celebration. Yeah, do you remember what we did when we were at the Grand Canyon? We rode in a helicopter. That's right, right over the canyon. It was a spectacular way to see so much of the canyon in a short amount of time. We also walked the Trail of Time on the southern edge of the canyon. We could see the canyon really well on that trail. Sure could. We learned a lot from all the signs and the visitor center too, so make sure to take time to check those out. We learned that the Grand Canyon was designated as a national park as the 12th or 15th national park. It was designated as a monument in 1909 by Theodore Roosevelt and then became a national park on February 26, 1919. The Grand Canyon is famous for its side and for the Colorado River. Yeah, the Colorado River established its course through the canyon approximately 6 million years ago. It likely evolved from pre-existing drainages to its current course today. Geological processes, including erosion of tributaries and slopes, continue to shape the canyon today. Erosion is the process of rocks breaking down over time. Yes, and do you remember what a tributary is? It's one a river is flowing to another river, or it's when a river flows into a lake. Do you think that the Colorado River and its tributaries, like the Gunnison River, are the only thing that helped form the Grand Canyon? What about plate tectonics? You are right. Can you explain to our guests what plate tectonics is? Plate tectonics is when two come up and make a mountain, or when one goes over the other. 
Yeah. Form into Earth's crust. Yeah. It's the theory that underneath the Earth's surface, it is made up of plates that are moving around and shaping the Earth's surface. So part of the crust or part of the Earth we walk on is the lithosphere. The lithosphere of the Earth is divided into a small number of plates that can only be seen along faults, like the Andreas Fault in California. These plates float on and travel independently over the mantle, and much of the Earth's seismic activity, or movement, occurs at the boundaries of these plates. Uplift of the Colorado Plateau was a key step in the eventual formation of the Grand Canyon. The action of plate tectonics lifted the rocks high and flat, creating a plateau through which the Colorado River would cut down and help carve the Grand Canyon. Hey, Mom, I have a joke for you. Why do so much people want to see the Grand Canyon? Hmm, I don't know. Why? It's this gorgeous! Ah, <laughs> the word gorgeous. Ah, or a narrow valley or between hills or mountains, typically with steep rocky walls and a stream running through it, sounds just like the word gorgeous, which means beautiful or very attractive. Good one, Brant. Thanks, Mom. Let's tell them about some park facts. Great idea. The Colorado River at the bottom of the Grand Canyon runs for 278 miles through the canyon, but the Colorado River itself runs for 1,450 miles from its source in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado all the way to the Gulf of California. The average width of the river is 300 feet, and the minimum width is 76 feet. On average, the river is 40 feet deep. Well, the average depth of the canyon itself is one mile or 5,280 feet deep. You can visit both the north rim or the south rim of the canyon. The north rim has a higher elevation of 8,000 feet, while the south rim is about 7,000 feet. That means the north rim is 1,000 feet higher. Than the south rim, yeah, it is. But Brant, do you remember something we observed when viewing both rims from the helicopter? There were snow on the north rim. Good memory. Something some people might not realize if they have only seen summer pictures of the Grand Canyon is that it is at high elevation and snows at both rims. Even when we were there in April, you could see snow in some shady spots on the north rim. Another thing people may not realize when just looking at the Grand Canyon is the rich fossil history. There are over 300 fossil locations in the Grand Canyon National Park. Yeah, scientists have found 1.2 billion-year-old stromatolites to Paleozoic trilobite plants, reptile tracks, marine invertebrates, and megafauna in the caves. There are still a lot of animals who live here today. Yes, there is an abundance of wildlife in the Grand Canyon. There is 450 species of birds in the Grand Canyon National Park. 91 mammal species. There are 18 fish species, and five are native. And there are 1,443 species of invertebrates, or animals without backbones, including 292 butterflies and moss. There are 58 reptiles and amphibians. Yeah! The Grand Canyon area also has some animals that are endemic and not found anywhere else in the world. This includes the Grand Canyon rattlesnake, the kebab squirrel, and the Navajo Mexican vole, 
Also, nine species of insects are endemic to the Grand Canyon, and six fish species are endemic to the Colorado River Basin, like the humpback chub and the flannel mouth sucker. Are there any endangered species? Yes, there are, unfortunately. Endangered animals are animals that are threatened by extinction. Federally endangered and threatened species include the California condor, the humpback chub, the razorback sucker, the southwestern willow flycatcher, Ridgeway's rail, Mexican spotted owl, yellow-bellied cuckoo, and the desert tortoise. What is the rarest animal near Grand Canyon? According to their site, it is the California condor, a large bird which is a vulture and the largest North American land bird. It has an inspiring story of recovery. In 1982, only 22 condors survived in the wild. In an effort to avoid extinction of the species, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and partners began to capture the remaining wild condors. Five years later, all remaining wild condors were in captivity, and a captive breeding program to save the species was underway. Now, there are condors flying free in the wild again. If you are very lucky, you may spot one in the Grand Canyon. We saw what in Pinnacles National Park in California. Oh, that is a great place to try and catch a glimpse of one of the magnificent California condors. Hey, Mom, why are condors such offensive flyers? Hmm, I don't know. Why? Because all their luggage is carry-on. Oh, (laughs) carry-on luggage, like a carry-on bag that you fly with. But carry-on is also decaying flesh of dead animals, which is what condors primarily eat. Exactly. Hey, Mom. Are there a CC of soil on either rim? Oh, yeah, yeah. The canyon became a geographic barrier separating the forest and the squirrels on either side of the canyon on each rim. One population of squirrels had become two separate populations that could no longer reproduce. This type of speciation is allopatric speciation, where there's a physical barrier like the canyon that keeps them from meeting one another. Approximately 10,000 years ago, the kebab squirrel was geographically separated from a common ancestor, the abert squirrel. This separation cut off the gene flow from the abert squirrel and the kebab squirrel began to evolve on its own. While the two are still closely related, the kebab squirrel developed noticeable differences, such as dark belly and forelimbs. Their tails are white and the backs of their heads a chestnut brown. That's so interesting. What kind of climate is at the Grand Canyon? Grand Canyon National Park is relatively mild. However, low humidity, which means not very much water content in the air, and it generally allows large temperature differences between day and night. Since precipitation or rain totals are low year-to-year, variations can be large. The passage of a few major storms can have a significant impact on the year's total. But the average rainfall is about 15 inches which classifies the Grand Canyon as a semi-arid desert. But distinct habitats are located at different elevations in the canyon. There are five different habitats in the Grand Canyon. Yeah, at the bottom of the canyon where the Colorado River flows, it is a riparian habitat where there is water. Above the river is a desert scrub community with typical warm desert species. Above the desert scrub and up to 6,200 feet is a pinyon pine juniper woodland. 
Ponderosa pine forests grow at elevations between 6,500 feet up to 8,200 feet on both the north and the south rims. And on the north rim at elevations above 8,200 feet, a spruce fir forest tops out the park. Let's talk a little bit about human use and the history of humans in the park. The oldest human artifacts found in the park are nearly 12,000 years old. There are currently 3,391 ancestral sites documented within the park, dating to the prehistoric period. Grand Canyon Parks works with the tribal governments to provide accurate and culturally appropriate information to visitors. Tribal lands surrounding the park also offer many unique tourism opportunities to visitors planning a trip to the Grand Canyon. Your dad and I hiked the, to the Havasu Falls within the Havasupai tribal lands before you were born. It's home to a beautiful aqua waterfall cascading off red rock. Would you like to go there someday? Yes, I would love to. Oh, that would be so fun. I have to prepare you, though. It's a 10-mile hike down to the falls. All right, it's about time to say goodbye. What's one last thing you want your listeners to know? Don't forget to stop at the visitor center and do your junior ranger book. That is great advice. Thank you for joining us on National Parks for Kids, the podcast. We hope you learn some cool stuff. Join us next time. And if you want to see more of our adventures, follow us on Instagram at National Parks for Kids, where you can follow along and see pictures of our trips to the national parks.